But then to actually acknowledge the things that you're sucking at and then like take action on them and then go back and report it, that requires vulnerability, that requires transparency, that requires actually having a team that can get stuff done and execute on big projects that move you forward with your culture. Like my mind is blowing. What's up, everybody? I'm Chris Ronzio, founder and CEO of Trainual, and this is Organized Chaos. As always, we're taking a page from a different leader's playbook so you can put it in yours as you build your own. And you just heard from Tamara Kemper. This episode's all about finding A players for your business. Tamara Kemper and her team at The Process Mavens help companies like yours build employee training and operations manuals so they can scale and stay a wonderful place to work. She is a Trainual certified consultant, in fact, one of the first, and I've known Tamara for several years since the first year of starting Trainual. So we go back and forth, banter a little bit about what it means to have A players in your business, how she and I both measure these things and define these, how we retain people once we realize that they're A players, how we set them up for success. So this is just a fun conversation about talented people working in our businesses, how to find them, how to keep them, how to foster their growth. And I know you'll get a lot of value out of this one. Enjoy. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Organized Chaos. I'm your host, Chris Ronzio. And today, we're talking with a good friend of mine, someone that I've gone back with for years, and we'll get into that background and that history. But I'm just going to introduce her to you. Her name's Tamara Kemper. Hey, Tamara. Hey, Chris. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to see you too. So we got introduced years ago because uh, I was told you were an A player, which is the conversation we're going to have today about A players and what that means in business. Uh, But the introduction was, you know, you're into all the same things as me and you're doing the consulting and you're interested in process and operations and maybe we can find a way to work together. And this proceeded, this was way before Trainual even had like a certified consultant program. You were one of the original Trainual consultants. I was indeed. And as you tell that story in that way, it makes me think that really they were like, well, you're a nerd. She's a nerd. You all need to just meet and talk about all that nerdy totally. stuff. So. Us nerds <laughs> have to stick together. Have to stick and, together. And at the time, I just really wanted to hire you. I really wanted you to work with Trainual. And it turned out you were just far too entrepreneurial and you were hell bent on starting your own thing. And, uh, and you've done incredibly well. And so um, we, we also worked together on my book really early on. You were helping me frame a lot of the principles that ended up in my book years later. But it was before our first consulting workshop that you helped me outline some of those. So thank you for that. Shout out to you yeah. for that. That was an amazing, amazing experience. I was, I'm so super grateful that I got to partner with you on that. So awesome. all, all right. good so, memories. Great memories. So mm-hmm. you work with tons of businesses. We're obviously involved in this, the same space, this, you know, operations, helping businesses scale and be more systematized. And uh, a big part of that is finding the right people and making sure that you've got a a solid team around you. And so the conversation we're gonna have today is about this idea of A players. So what what does that mean to you? What is an A player? Well, I always describe 
uh, A players as somebody who is willing and excited to jump in and take on messy, sticky problems. Like they kind of crave that. Um, they are no drama or very low drama. They are somebody who, you know, really has this can do attitude, wants to, wants to dig in, be a team member. It's just that person that you, you want to clone them. Like you wish you had a million of them in your business. Um, and, and this really got on my radar because I was working with a client and it was so clear to me that they had this A player, like they had this rock star of a human um, who was just killing it. And, and it was kind of a newer person. And they had a person who had been there for quite a while and was very resistant. It was very resistant to everything this person was doing. And I was like throwing up red flags and being like, alert, alert, like you're putting this amazing person who's invested and ready and wants to come in and help you shift your business and do cool things. You're putting them at risk because you're letting this person who's kind of maybe afraid of change or doesn't want those things to come to fruition, you're letting them get in their way. And this is, this is a real risk to your business. You're going to scare away people who have that mentality that you actually want to foster. And I put a, I put a post about it on LinkedIn and I got this gigantic response. Like so many people were like, oh my gosh, yes. Like, please tell all of the people, tell all of the managers of the world. Like, we don't like this. Like get these people out of our way that are, you know, not wanting us to do this thing. And I, I realized that I had hit a nerve. And so it's kind of gotten me investigating this, like, what, what is this? Who are these A players? And, and like, how do we find them? And, and how do we support them? Because that's, that's the exciting, like, kind of energy you want to have on your team. So yeah, I don't know. So it's, it's, been- it's, it's sort of like that cliche, one bad apple spoils the, the bunch or something like that. Is So we should definitely get into how you can ruin a culture of A players with with B or C players or whatever you call them. But I think, you know, when I when I think about A players, I think of what is, is this a person that you would be fighting for if they put in their notice? You know, like it, it's somebody that you would be so disappointed or you'd be going after to say like, no, what can I do to change your mind? That's probably an A player. Whereas if it's someone that you're like, mm, okay, oh well, you know, then then like why why were you tolerating that to begin with? And so there's we could get into a lot of like performance management and and you, you, there's a there's a big topic, but um, this the story you were just telling reminded me of a consulting client that I had where uh, they had a sales rep that was their top performing sales rep, yet this person would tell inappropriate jokes and they were kind of afraid to put them in front of their, their biggest customers. And, you know, they, they rub people the wrong way, but they were the top performing sales rep and the company was afraid to make the cut because they were such a, a top performer. But when I think of a, an A player, I think of someone that is a, an amazing performer from their numbers, but also an amazing fit for your culture. Like they fit your values and they, they are, are like a model citizen in terms of the the type of employee you want. And so um, I think it's not just about their performance. It's like, is this the type of person, like you said, that I want to clone over and over again? Totally. 
do, do you feel, this is something that I'm curious about what you think about it. Do you feel like, I mean, it almost sounds like, um, like character, character qualities. Do you feel like anybody can be an A player or do you feel like it's just sort of you are or you aren't? I think every company has their own definition of an A player, you know? And so I think it's, it's hard to establish what an A player is in your business. If you don't have your values and the, the traits that you're looking for defined and the scorecards defined and the roles well-defined, because if you have all that really well-defined, then you can black and white say, yeah, this person's, they're knocking it out of the park. They're outperforming in every area and I want to replicate them. Whereas if you don't have all that clear, then you're kind of fuzzy as to whether they're an A, but you sort of find out over time, you know? Totally. I love that. I love that you're, you're coming back to kind of the culture of the business. I have a friend who's in a very like, um, what do I want to say? Very, they're very fancy. They're, they're very serious. It's a very serious line of business. And so they have to kind of show up in a more, um, you know, stiff and, and serious kind of way. Somebody who's maybe, you know, more, more emotive or, you know, might be an amazing, amazing um, person who can do a lot of things, but they wouldn't be a fit for that culture. Um, and so for that particular person, they might not be an A player. That's interesting. Yeah. I heard a um, presentation last week about, you know, like having to make the tough decisions of, of letting someone go in a business. And the way that this particular entrepreneur framed it is that he was helping them f- find a success somewhere else, you know, like this is not the place for you to succeed and thrive, but there, there could be a place out there. And so I don't think, you know, when you say, can anybody be an A player? I think everyone can be an A player somewhere, but I don't think everyone can be an A player at every business in every role. What do you think? I think that, Culture aspects for sure. So like the core values, I'm with you 100%. And I think you and I could both probably stand up on our soapboxes for an hour talking about the importance of aligning like what you're asking from your team to your values. Um, It's super important. And so I think that's the part that can vary from business to business. But I do think that there are a core set of behaviors, I'll say, that every A player has and, and not everybody operates that way. So I think, I think it's a yes. And unfortunately I hate (laughs) being that, that person, but, um, you know, I think there's like these core behaviors that like all a players quote, quote, like we're making up things here. Right. So whatever, but, um, that they all have. And then I think there's maybe some flavors that might be different from business to business based on the values that they share. That's so, my definition that I just so, decided. As we so, started. what are I, what are some of the behaviors? Let's let's like rattle some of these off because then maybe people that are listening they can go through like a mental checklist of their people. Cool. Um, a big one for me is ownership. So it's this idea of I can give you something, and I know that you have it. I don't have to come and check on it. I don't have to, you know. And in fact, you're just you might even take it from me because you see that it needs to be done. And so you take it. Yeah. That's for sure. One of mine that's, so like that's like at the top of the list, trust and accountability. I feel like go with that, that, you know, if, if, if you've just got it, I can trust you. I don't really have to hold you accountable because I know you'll hold yourself accountable. Yeah. I think so. 
Yeah, what about, about you? Uh, you know, kind of like the, the idea of uh, under promising and over delivering. I think that, I think that every, what did you say? Excellence. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think every, every a player um, that I interact with surprises me with doing things that I didn't even expect. And it's, it's like, you know, over the top and that's important. That reminds me of like, they, they have an ability to prioritize and use discernment. So yes, surprise you, but not surprise you in a bad way with random things that you like, they're cool, but maybe not the thing that's actually the most critical mission, critical things that we need to be focused on. So they're, they're like really clear. They can see the big picture and they have good discernment of, of staying on track with the right things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, clear communication is really important. You know, that you don't find yourselves with kind of playing this game of telephone with misunderstandings about everything and things getting done wrong. So I think the ability to clearly communicate or say things back to you and make sure that they're well understood. That one makes me think of another factor I don't think we've we've brought into this conversation, which is the role and how an A player in one role maybe might be different from an A player in another role. Because communication, for example, like, you know, let's say I want to hire another consultant. Well, yes, they need to be a general good communicator, but the way they communicate, like I need them to have this kind of presence in the room and I need them to, you know, be able to be a certain way with clients. Whereas somebody who's, you know, maybe a developer for you on your team, they still need to have great communication, but that looks, it might look different. Yeah. What do you think about how roles play into this? Huge. I think, yeah, it's kind of what I was saying about company to company, uh, role to role. You know, everybody, I think, can be an A player in some specific role. Like you mentioned the, you know, critical thinking and discernment. And um, I think that that gets more and more and more important the higher up you go in seniority. But you can have A players that are interns and don't have a ton of responsibility, but they go way above and beyond your expectations of what they're doing in that role. You know, so I, I think it's, I think the role is really important because the role is, is like level setting on the expectations and an A player goes above and beyond those expectations. I love that. And, and I think is proactively doing so like they're not waiting for you to give them the specs. I mean, Maybe they are depending on like how long they've been with your business or, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever point there are in the onboarding phase. Um, there, there was this concept in, uh, have you read Radical Candor by Kim Scott? No, it's like on my list and I haven't gotten to it yet. And it's so I, I really liked that book. Actually, she spoke okay. at, at one of our events. So, yeah. The, the uh, so the, the concept she put in there was there's a, she used superstar and rock star and her, her definition was that they're, they're different. It's almost like an A plus and an A or, or something like that. And she said that people can, in different stages of their life, um, go back and forth between, you know, like I'm, I'm in a phase right now where I'm just going to be steady and I'm not going to be like an insane high performer, but you can count on me and I'm going to get everything done. But then 
in the next season, in next year or whatever, I might be just a total superstar. And, and do you, do you think that, that have you observed that with your clients that there's kind of like even person by per for a single person, there's like these waves of a to a plus performance. I, I can totally see that. And I'm even reflecting on my own flows, you know, the, the seasons of my own life and, and how that, how being a rock star or an A player looks for me from one season to another. I think I'm sure this must be hard for an employee as, as an owner of my business, I can, I can make that work. You know, I can kind of adjust my workflow based on that. But I wonder how, how we could how we could support an A player with the seasons of life. Like, I think I know you really value balance for your employees and like, you know, it not being all about work. Um, I see that all the time from you and your team. So how do you see supporting someone through those seasons? Because I think that's spot on. I think that when you're performing at a very high level, it's like you're making deposits into a bank account. And then when something happens in your life and you need to make a withdrawal, you need a little bit of extra time off, you need to be coming in late for a few days, you've got something going on with the family. It's almost like you've, you've earned that flexibility through your, your you know, investments you've made in, in, uh, in, in super high performance. That's kind of how I see it. And so our, uh, our philosophy is that we trust that everyone that we're hiring is, is operating at a high level and does have clear cut expectations. And so when things pop up in life, um, we allow a ton of autonomy and flexibility for people to monitor that balance themselves. Um, and, and we just have to make sure that we're keeping performance in mind and that we're, our managers have a good pulse on, on that balance. Um, but that's kind of how I think it works. I don't think that everyone operates at, you know, the, the top RPMs <laughs> at, at all times, we would all burn out. I think that you kind of, you know, you, you, you hit the gas sometimes and then you're on cruise control sometimes, but as long as you're arriving on time. So this has me wondering a little bit about um, the the balance of a team. You know, you were just talking about, you know, our managers kind of, you know, make sure that we are performing. And, and, and this obviously requires a high degree of empathy and, and a playerness from managers to be able to lead in that way. So I, 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 I assume I know how you feel about needing a players in management roles, but how important is it to have A players in every single role? And, and how do you think about that for maybe different kinds of businesses? Um, maybe the phase you're in? Like, is there a recipe for doing this right? Uh, let's see. I don't, I don't know the answer, but let me, let me uh, just share some raw thoughts. So, you know, probably that I'm a, a big basketball fan and this week is the NBA draft. And so I'm seeing all these different articles about salary caps and, you know, like the, the contracts and how, how you, you know, you've got superstars that are making so much. And then you've got the like people making the league minimum that, that you fill into different role positions. And 
so I think not all A players are the same because not all A players hold the same role in your business. But the way I think about it is that I want all A players. And when there is someone that is not an A player, I think it's because you're misaligned on the expectations for the role and the skill set of the person that you put in the role. And so I guess to reiterate, like the, the, you know, the A players that are at like a very senior management level are going to be very different than the A players that are in your internship program. But are they meeting and exceeding the requirements their role is how I'm measuring and thinking about the, you know, the A player thing. And so when we have, you know, any issues that pop up in our operations meetings, when we're talking about performance, um, it's, it's usually a conversation around like, is, is this person in the right role? Are, do we have the right expectations of them? Has the, the scope of their role grown more than they have? It doesn't mean that all of a sudden their performance is really slipped. It might mean that the, the, the need of this position has really grown. And so it's usually that, that misalignment that leads to someone being anything but an A player, but we try to keep a, a constant pulse on that. I almost hear like a common theme among all of those levels in, in all those roles might be, so now we're going back to our list of quality, shared qualities. See how we're just circling this background. Like there's a hunger, right? There's like a shared hunger or a, like a desire for, it's like there's a desire for um, to really to really learn or to, to kind of do more. I, I think that that might, because no matter what level you're on, you're, you're, I don't know. Hunger is the word that just keeps jumping in my head. Yeah. I That's think hunger said. or ambition or something. We, we say high yeah. slope a lot, you know, like there's huh. somebody that okay. can like really grow. Um, but then there's also examples of people that are just, you know, that maybe they're less ambitious in terms of their career trajectory, but yeah. they have such enthusiasm and passion for what they're doing. And they, totally. just and they just are are like showing up every day, and they're they have the best attitude, and and I wouldn't say those aren't a players. You know, they're, totally. they're it's just a different expectation. Yeah, it's not about moving up. It's not about any. That's not whatever up is. Like that's not even that's not even it. It's it's about I don't. Yeah, it's like an enthusiasm is a great word for it. Um, I'm wondering about like hard to staff industries. You know, I have a, a handful of clients who like it's it, like the struggle is real there. It is exceedingly hard to hire in some of the positions, um, you know, low pay rates and just things that sometimes are are out of control of, of the owners. What are your thoughts on how how to balance that with the need for high performing employees? I have a, uh, a, a friend, Mike, that uh, owns a big, uh, well, owned, I guess he, he just sold it, a, a, a big uh, home building and electrical contracting kind of business. And so it's the trades. And he was having a ton of trouble years ago in finding people for those entry-level trades jobs. And he actually built like a, a university to train people from scratch, from zero, uh, that at, as they would go through the university, um, his company was one of the biggest 
hirers from from this this program that he built but then his competitors could also hire people so it wasn't like an internship program or anything like that it was actually a a independent university to help funnel new talent into that industry and so he built quite a big business hundreds and hundreds of employees and uh and so that that may be a a more extreme example but I, i do think that when you're struggling to find people to fill roles, sometimes you have to grow people to fill, to fill the roles. And so, you know, for us in the software space, software is a really competitive industry. It's hard to find great technical talent. And so product team, you know, product managers and designers and engineers, these are positions that are like really hard to fill. We've had several examples of people coming in through customer support or customer success and expressing an interest in product. And then we train them kind of cross departmentally train them. And after some time they move over to that department and those people have become phenomenal members of the team uh, in product. And, and it was because we kind of grew them in house. And so I think that's one way to approach it. So you're investing in, I, that's interesting too, because in offering um, I guess I would call it an incentive for somebody to learn and grow into a role, whether that's in your example of the technical um, uh, university or whether it's your your way that you're doing it. You are naturally attracting people who are who are craving that. So it's almost like a natural filter for people who do want to learn and want to be coached and em- are embracing that. So that's a that's an interesting strategy. So, so have you seen interesting ways to attract a player? Like how do we create a player magnets in our companies? So I will tell you my secret, uh, my secret that I've had some success in, in my own little business, which, um, you know, it's kind of a weird, it's a weird thing that we do. And so finding it's not so much that, um, it's, super competitive, but like people don't even know that like documenting processes and building training is like a job they could have. Like, and a lot of the times the people who, who would be really great at it, maybe don't have experience doing specifically this. So what I've had good luck with, um, is reaching out to all of the coolest people that I know who may have absolutely nothing to do with what I do or may not even be associated with my business in any way, but like, you know, old high school friends who are just geniuses or, um, you know, people that I've done a a program with in the past, like a, like a a workshop with in the past that we really connected. And I know there's like a synergy there or like a shared set of values and just saying, Hey, can you help me? There's something about very specifically, like as a person to person asking for help. And this is something that's been so beautiful for me in this, in this journey of building this business that I think, um, I maybe lived my whole life thinking I needed to do everything by myself. And and what I've come to find is that, Oh, actually everyone wants to help each other. Like when you ask somebody, Hey, will you help me with this? I don't quite know what to do. People come out of the woodwork to help. Um, and so I have found the last handful of hires that I've personally made or recruited straight through just 
smart people that I know who introduced me to other smart people who have introduced me to other people who it just worked out. Um, and you can that find has been great the- people anywhere. I think that's, that's, yes. you know, that, yes. it's, it's you, as long as you're open to that, you know, like I, I got a new car recently and, uh, and funny that the dealership had somebody that was in charge of kind of like onboarding me into my car, you know, like showing me all the buttons and stuff. And she was fantastic. And so I've been recruiting her for like the last six months and I constantly sending her messages like, oh, we've got this role opening. She's finishing up school. I know she's going to work for us someday because I'm that's it's the, the long play. You know, um, I've had uh, like our our customer support manager actually started off as my kid's babysitter and and had a has had an awesome trajectory in in the company so i think the lesson there is you know be be on the lookout for people in any area of your life in a retail store that you're shopping in the barista at the coffee place you know if you have someone that just feels like wow this person gets it maybe they're looking for their next big opportunity uh, i think it's just having your eyes open for that I think, I mean, you and I have such a really amazing perspective of all of the different opportunities that there are in business. I feel like I'm dry. I drive my friends crazy because I'm like, oh my gosh, you could do so many things. And, and without the exposure to all of the opportunities, it's easy to, I think, as an individual person working in a job that maybe they don't like so much right now, it's easy to look out and go like, well, I don't even know what else I would do. Like, I don't think I'm qualified to do anything else. And those people, like if, if you tap them on the shoulder and go, well, do you want to do this? It's like you blow their mind because they didn't see that for themselves. They didn't see that that was a possibility for them. So I think it's also just getting the word out that like, no, you don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have had experience, you know, three years experience in XYZ. And there's all these studies, like in particular about women that like women in particular tend to like not apply for things if they don't meet the minimum criteria. It's like, no, like forget about all that. It doesn't it, like, can you do this job? I can train you if you have the right skills, talents and, and, you know, point of view to, to come on and do it. So I, I just, you can tell I get really fired up about this. Like I want everybody to find their dream job. I want everybody to be in a role that they feel alive and they feel like they are thriving. And there's so many people who are just miserable in what they're doing. And there's so many people out there looking for that awesome person to come in, like wave their magic wand and make it all better. And we got to get those people together. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so let's say we attract all the A players. Now, how do we keep them? Because everybody wants these A players. So if I'm running the coffee shop and somebody's trying to recruit, recruit my awesome baristas, <laughs> how, how do I keep these people? Well, Chris, I mean, I'll answer the question, but like, I really want to know your answer to this because you are killing it in this area. I know your team is awesome. And every single person I interact with there is like ridiculous and they don't seem to go anywhere. So um, I want to hear your answer to this too. But, you know, I think for me, the thing I see again and again is like clarity and transparency. Like when I see leaders that are willing to like, and I don't mean telling people all of the woes of your business or everything that's going wrong, but like really being clear about where you're headed, really being clear about what 
you need that person to, to come into being a part of that mission and what success looks like. And then having an environment where everyone can be transparent with how things are. I actually just got off a workshop with a team where we were just for the very first time going to start tracking their quarterly goals. They've never done it as a team before. And it was like big stuff, right? And, and I said, if there's one thing that you need to remember, the only thing that I want you all to commit to, it's that every single week, even if you just sucked this week and like you didn't get your thing done, you put that number or you put that update on the tracker every week. I just want you to say where you're at and say where you're stuck. Because if we can do that, something is going to shift and we'll build that habit of like we share where we're at and we share what's real. All the rest of it will come. But like we have to be real with each other about what's going on so that we can fix it and move forward. So I would say that would that would be two things for sure. I agree what, with you. What I do mean, you think? Communication, transparency, like we've tried to instill that from the very beginning in our all hands meetings, just constantly sharing, here's what's going on, here's what we're working on, here's our successes, here's our failures, because everybody wants to know uh, like a pulse check on it, are we making progress as a company? And so I think that's really important. The external, are we making progress as a company is important, but then... I think back to this book, one of the first management kind of books I read was uh, Drive by Daniel Pink. And there's three things in that book, and hopefully I'm remembering this correctly. Number one was purpose. So making sure that people know why they're showing up and it's something that they care about and that there's a mission that they care about and they see what they're actually trying to impact in the world. So purpose was the first. Autonomy was the next one. So do people feel like they're being micromanaged or do they feel like they're treated like adults. Do you trust them? Do you give them space to make decisions, to, to think creatively? And then the third one is recognition. Um, are you recognizing people appropriately? Are, are you, um, you know, like treating people fairly? Are you giving credit where credit is due? Do they feel like um, they, they get the applause from their, their peers and their coworkers um, do they have a great relationship with their manager? You know, I think so much of retaining people comes down to those three things. You know, do I feel connected to the company's purpose? Do I like what we're doing here? And do I want to see this through? Do I feel like the company trusts me, gives me the autonomy to grow and learn and make decisions? And then am I appreciated? You know, do, am I appreciated financially? Am I appreciated with praise? Um, it's, it's those things. And then it's their relationships with their peers, with their managers to, to, to know that like, yeah, I've got a path here. You know, we, we do this, uh, engagement survey twice a year where we ask like 80 questions of people and they fill it out and it's all, um, you know, confidential just based on the team that they're on. And one of the questions we ask that's tucked in there is, do you still see yourself here in two years? And I find that that's a really interesting question because two years is enough time that maybe they're starting to think about their next role in the company. You know, if you said you still see yourself here in, in three months or six months, the answer is probably yes. You know, maybe some crazy opportunity comes along they hadn't anticipated. But, but when you start to think about two years, three years, it's like, do I have a growth opportunity in this company? And I think that's really important for people. And, and if you start seeing a lot of people that say no on that box, you know, that they, they can't see their, themselves there, then 
you can expect a tsunami of turnover <laughs> coming your way. I am hearing, like, I'll say I'm stealing that question. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful question. <laughs> and it's so, it's so good. Um, it's, it's asking. You're, you're asking the questions. You're not assuming. Um, even in this idea, the third thing that you said, the, the appreciation or the recognition, man, everybody likes to be appreciated and recognized differently. Um, uh, I have somebody on my team who hates surprises hates them. Well, we're not going to have, you know, like a singing telegram show up on her doorstep. <laughs> as it's not going to go well. Yeah. Um, making sure you know what your employees want and where their minds at. And, and I love that. What other besides the how often do you say you send out that that survey? Twice a year. Twice a year. Twice a year. Yeah. So besides that survey, are there any other strategies that you use to kind of take the pulse of your team and like kind of ask them and, and, and check in? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a ton of check-in opportunities. So those are the two big ones where it's company-wide. We, we process the, you know, thousand comments that come in, we distill it down to a few themes and then we have quarterly all hands meetings. And so at the quarterly all hands meetings that follow those engagement surveys, we will put, feedback quotes up on the screen. Someone said this and you know what? You're right. You're totally right. This is a problem and we're going to work on this this quarter. And then so we acknowledge the kind of feedback that we get and then we take action on it. And throughout the subsequent meetings, we're reporting on here's what we said we were going to do. And look, here's what we did. And that again goes to the the progress and the accountability of people saying, oh, I give feedback and they listen and they take action. And that makes people want to give more feedback. And so then the next round, it's it's even better. Um, there's a question in the survey that says, do you think the company takes action based on this survey? And you can just see their responses in there. Well, yeah, I guess last quarter I saw you reported on this, this, and this, and that's so cool. My last company you know, never, never did that. So it's the, those are the like capstone kind of surveys that we do. And then we do... Um, you know, it, it, we, we've got manager uh, 180s, we've got 360s that get sent out, we've got self-reflections that are quarterly on everybody's progress. Um, we have our bi-weekly all-hands meeting, we have, our, uh, we have open office hours with uh, Sasha, our head of, head of people, is kind of like a career counselor. So there are so many opportunities for people to give uh, confidential feedback, feedback to their direct manager, feedback to their manager's manager. Uh, and and uh, I think that's collecting all that raw material is gold in a business. It's what I used to do consulting. And so getting all of that information from people is, is like, all right, now I, you just gave me all the cheat codes to be able to run the business better. You just gave me this this framework that is currently blowing my mind. I get very excited about ideas, right? And this is like, okay, so so go with me for a minute, okay? So this is like your secret sauce, Chris, because all of my clients, I'm like, yep, you need to ask, you need to be serving, you need to be having these one-on-ones, you need to be you know, like all those things that you just said. But then you gave me a four-part framework. You ask, you acknowledge, you take action, and you report. Most of the businesses that I talk to do not do those last three things. They ask, they ask, maybe, 
Not all of them ask. So that's a good first step, right? If you're not asking, <laughs> let's all make the commitment that we're going to ask our employees, whether that's through a survey, one-on-one, hopefully both, you know, the all hands meetings, like th- that's amazing. That, that, that infrastructure you have to make sure all those things happen is, is awesome. But then to actually acknowledge the things that you're sucking at and then like take action on them and then go back and report it. That requires vulnerability, that requires transparency, that requires actually having a team that can get stuff done and execute on big projects that move you forward with your culture. Like my mind is blowing right we, now. We, That's amazing. Well, thank you. We, we need to change yes. report to like announce so that we've got four A's. Oh, okay. See, that's your part of it is making it sound Ask, nice. I, that's not my forte. <laughs> I love it. There's your next blog post, can, Chris. You're can welcome. We, can we like co-trademark that one? Yes. Yes, we can. <laughs> Very cool. Please. All right. Uh, last question or last last topic here is can can you clone A players? How can you clone A players? Is it possible? So this is another part of, I think, the the burden of the A player, because the A player often is the one that you got lucky early on in your business, maybe, and like you brought on this rock star and they just figured all the stuff out and they took care of a whole arm of your business and like, yay. And now you want to grow or you want to scale and you need to you need to get that person to spread their gold to the next person who needs to come in and help. But of course that person is stretched to the max. They're, they're at their limit. And this is another problem I see in a lot of my clients where it's like, there is no time for that person to train everyone. And in fact, they get really burned out having to be the trainer over and over and over again. So that is, of course, why I love train you all. Um, you know, we we help our our clients all the time. Like, OK, let's just spend a very sh- let's invest a very short period of time in getting all this stuff out of your A player's head. Even if it's not perfect, even if it's just messy and and like kind of feels chaotic to the perfectionist that may be trying to do this work getting it out allows them to then move to the next place they want to go. Cause like you said, a lot of times a players, they're trying to learn more. They're trying to go to the next thing or trying to grow into the next piece. So you have to free them. You have to allow that growth, but you can't do it if they're the only one that can do the thing that's like so critical to your business. So I think, you know, there was a beautiful layup because I think documentation documenting your training is obviously that's the way that's the way to do it. But I also want to always say, like, it doesn't have to look like a like a fancy thing. It might just literally be getting just let's get it out um, and create a framework to where everybody's doing the same thing. Did, did you ever see that? It was like one of the first ads we ever did. And it was me and Jonathan walking down the street and me talking about him like I've always wanted to clone him. Have, did, did you ever see that ad? All right. So, so it was me and Jonathan, we're walking down the street and for anyone listening, Jonathan's my brother. He's also our CMO, but he worked in my last couple businesses. And I would always tell him like, Oh, we work together so well. Like, how do I find more of you? And so I would literally have him do like the personality tests and surveys and all these things, because I wanted to hire people that had the same scores as him. And I thought if I hire the same, the people with the same scores, they'll be the same. And over and over again, I failed at that. 
And so the ad of us walking down the street is him saying, you know, Chris always said he wanted to clone me and he can't clone me, but he can clone what I do. And that is what the, the training is all about is figuring how, how do you do what you do and let's write that down and let's train that. So I appreciate the plug there. Uh, I, I also think, you know, the, the, um, the idea of your, your early employees being some of those rock stars, you know, for anyone listening, if you haven't developed out yet your core values and that kind of criteria for your business, those early amazing employees are your prototypes, the DNA for a lot of that core value content. Because once you figure out that recipe, now all of your recruiting and hiring can be against that criteria. And you give yourself that much better a chance of bringing in people that are high performers. I I always tell people too, like, it's not that that person needs to write a script for every word that they say or every little step that they do, but absolutely have that person write the standards that they would never violate when they do that work. Yeah. Because that will be the guidance. Those are the rules. That's the black and white that then the next person can go, okay, well, I know that no matter what, um, I need to make sure there's not like crazy stuff behind me on my Zoom meeting or, you know, like I have to make sure wh- whatever. It is. That's a random example. But like whatever those standards are, like that is critical because that's actually the secret sauce you're looking for. You just haven't named it. Hmm. So I, I think I think those are the pieces that your A players can really help you get out of their brains of like, OK, well, how would you know that this was good enough and what would someone do if they weren't doing it quite quite the right way. And you can usually tease those things out. Yeah, no, I love that. Tamara, this has been great. What a good conversation. Uh, Hopefully everyone listening has been able to think about A players and maybe consider some of their own people and what kind of criteria they're being measured against and learn from some of the nuggets that we've shared. Uh, I mentioned the uh, the the lady in the, the car dealership that I'm long kind of recruiting. Uh, I feel the same about you. I just hope we work together eventually because you're definitely an A player. So uh, thank you for, for, uh, for being here and thanks for sharing. Oh, this was so fun, Chris. Thank you so much. I, I love chatting with you, as you know, so this was great. Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, or share it with anyone in your network that you think could benefit from this information. For episode show notes, podcast recaps, and tons of other small business news and inspiration, check out the manual. That's trainual.com backslash manual.